Clovercrest Media proudly presents Divided We Stand. Divided We Proudly Stand. We're going to have a little fun tonight. We're going to talk about some terrible things. I could have said, Mitt, drop to your knees. He would have dropped to his knees. You're fired. Starring Joe Aguirre, Brian Forster, and Eric Farron. Very fine people on both sides. I didn't come along and divide this country. I think it's a disgrace. I stand here ready to work with you. Let me talk. Quiet. And we will make America great again. Divided. We stand not as two parties, but as one nation. Attorney General William Barr took his ball and went home when he opted to skip his Thursday appearance in front of the House Judiciary Committee, probably because his appearance the day before in front of the Senate was such a smashing success. My question is in reaching your conclusion, did you personally review all of the underlying evidence? Uh, no, we took and accepted. Did, 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 did Mr. Rosenstein? No, we accepted the statements in the report as the factual record. We did not go underneath it to see whether or not they were accurate. We accepted it as accurate and made our. So you our, accepted it, the report as the evidence? Yes. You did not question or look at the underlying evidence that supports the conclusions in the report? No. The Democrats made some strong points. Sometimes I almost believe that they want to do what's right for the country. <laughs> then you have Democratic House member Rep. Steve Cohen of Tennessee very subtly making metaphors on the floor. Chicken bar should have shown up today and answered questions. A attorney general who's picked for his legal acumen and his abilities would not be fearful of any other attorneys questioning him for 30 minutes. The Black Sox look clean compared to this team. It's a sad day in America. Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. He's eating chicken. Oh, well done. Bravo, sir. Well done. I see what you did there. Ladies and gentlemen, our first graduate from the Borat Comedy School. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you hear Steve Cohen's not jokes. Yes. <laughs> They're his best. Not. They're best not. Barr's main argument is that he's ruling on the conclusion of the report, not what is in the report itself. Because he knows the law. More importantly, he knows how to interpret the law to serve the interest of his boss. What legally he has to say versus what legally he doesn't yes, have to right. say. Exactly. Now, he said he won't block Bob Mueller from testifying in front of Congress, and he'll leave that job to top Republicans. He delegates. <laughs> I think the most unsettling part of Barr's testimony on Wednesday was when he said this. If the president is being falsely accused, which the evidence now suggests that the accusations against him were false, if he, and he knew they were false, and he felt that uh, this investigation was unfair, propelled by his political opponents, and was, and was hampering his ability to govern. That is not a corrupt motive for replacing an independent counsel. Unsettling is a nice way to put it because we're not alarmists on this show. No. We're no. just reporting on the alarm going off while being skeptical about why the alarm got set off in the first place. Ding, 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 now, ding. Obviously, the focus should be on the loud buzzing and not the dumpster fire that is our political climate. <laughs> I see you, Steve Cohen. Original recipe for the win. <laughs> now, Mueller might appear before the House Judiciary Committee reports around the Capitol are that it could take place on May 15th. Although that is still a long way and nothing is set in stone. In Trump years, that's way too big that's of a window. A long, very yeah, long very. time. But that's just for the House. The Republican-led Senate believes that they have all the information needed. What's the point of continuing to dig into this in the House when any new revelations will just get crushed in the Senate? That they sense. will. That yes. Yeah, right. I mean, do we learn anything from Bill Clinton? No. Clearly we didn't. Not. And all the same characters, too. Right. Just what you want. <laughs> and Susan Collins. <laughs> <laughs> it's why the GOP loves when the left brings up impeachment. It's a plan that will lose worse than the CMG wiffle ball oh, team. That is a low blow, Eric. Uh, we are getting better. Sorry, Joe. We don't play well in the rain. Not That's well. really... <laughs> Still a small sample size, you could argue. So far, yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> we need more practice. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> Not so, the game. Lindsay, yeah, Lindsey Graham wrote this letter to Bob Mueller Friday, and the only thing missing were hearts to dot the eyes. That would have been nice. <laughs> I'd like Maybe to unprofessional. I'll share some highlights, if you will. Oh, okay. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. Dear Mr. Mueller, 
<laughs> Thank you and your team very much for the professional and thorough manner in which you conducted your investigation. This is one of my favorite Joe impressions. <laughs> I appreciate the service you provided the country now and throughout your entire life. <laughs> All right, enough with the pleasantries. The what attorney general testified, in essence, that you told him in a phone call that you did not challenge the accuracy of the attorney general's summary of your report's principal conclusions. It's, it's way like... more credible when done in a Lindsey Graham Yes, But accent. rather, you wanted more of the report. Or a Scooby-Doo villain. Particularly <laughs> the executive summaries concerning obstruction of justice to be released promptly. I think Donald Trump is a political car wreck. In particular, A.J. Barr testified that you believed media coverage of your investigation was unfair without the public release of those summaries. You're looking for a fair process? You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. What does the term highlights mean to you? I'm just curious. <laughs> anyway, I, I wonder what Trey Gowdy, I wonder what he thinks of all this. Let me tell you what Trey Gowdy thinks very different impression of all yes. this. It's a lot slower, but one has just a mullet sharp, and one does not. Many references to the deep state. <laughs> They're behind the whole thing. I miss all the Trey Gowdy stories. Mm -hmm. But what other category of crime do you rely on Congress to refer to law enforcement? I can't think of one. Barr made a less redacted version of the report available to 12 members of Congress, six Republicans and six Democrats. Good people. Good, yeah. very, good very good yeah. people. On both sides. Doug Collins, NBA legend <laughs> and top Republican in the House Judiciary Committee. <laughs> and Lindsey Graham took him up on it. Mitch McConnell as well. Yeah, of course. Good. Yeah. The rest of the Republicans opted to trust the conclusion while the Dems refused to look at it in a new show of solidarity that the unredacted report be released to everyone. Democrats keep playing it like they want us to do something. The people. Yeah. We yeah, like, can't. No. We're tweeting as much as we can. Help us. Here's the list of Democrats who can see a less redacted report but opted not to. Standing firm. I like this. Yeah. yeah. It's good. You, we yeah. got you. How dare... You have us look at more information. <laughs> Nancy, of course, Nancy Pelosi, oh. and her cohort, Chuck Schumer. I don't want to say it. <laughs> Schumer? <laughs> Diane Feinstein, Jerry Nadler. Who on conservative uh, radio, they call him Fat Jerry Nadler. Ooh, Fat oh, that's Jerry. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's is that nice. right? Fat yeah. shaming. That's yeah. not nice. Yeah, they just straight up call him Fat Jerry Nadler. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adam Schiff. You mean little Adam Schiff? Yes. Little Adam Schiff. Little Adam Schiff. And Mark Warner. All the best people. It, it's it's a comforting thought. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, they know more than everyone else. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the Republicans work to bury the Mueller report, and the Democrats continue to bring up the fact that there isn't a thing they can do about it. The president's back on the phone with Russia, and North Korea has resumed missile testing. Everything's fine. <laughs> So Russia says President Donald Trump initiated Friday's hour and a half phone call with Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, and he even tweeted about it. Because they couldn't call it a, like a check-in. Very good call <laughs> yesterday with President Putin of Russia. Tremendous potential for a good slash great relationship with Russia, despite what you read and see in the fake news media. Look how they misled you on Russia collusion. The world could be a better and safer place. Nice. <laughs> well, nice indeed, sir. Right? What is going on? You got your, your attorney general running around saying that you got away with colluding with Russia. <laughs> And you turn around and call your handler first, the next day. The first or you call. What? The first call you make. Don't call from the house. Right. Now, Go now, to a payphone yeah. or something. No, it's fine because as long as uh, he, it, I mean, he was falsely accused of all that. So as long as it's a false accusation, right. he can shut down any investigation. Didn't they actually ever get a back channel started? And why don't they use that? You don't even need a back channel. You just call the uh, Oval Office and you're Jared fine. Jared right. sucks yeah. at this. Yeah. They need a back channel in, during the campaign. Now that he's the president, there's nothing the president. I, he can stop everything. I almost, I'm serious when I say this, that part of me thinks that these guys were too stupid to collude. Like, no kidding. Like, yeah. Russia was like, we'll help you. And they were like, yeah, whatever that means. Except for Donald Trump, because it's like, hey, you just can't be in the room with him. Got it. <laughs> no problem. 
and that's it. He just he's like, oh, I was told I can't be in the room. It's fine. That uh, whole Russia thing, pretty yeah. much, pretty much gone away. I don't know how anybody could feel right about He'll, this. He fired his way out of it. I, I just, it's not good. This is the, this is a really bad look. I, and again, right? He I mean, spotted Comey hanging out in those blue shades. Yeah. <laughs> People want to people want to dismiss you know the the North Korea thing too like come on we're yeah. well, we're they're, yeah, we're losing they're back shooting off missiles again and and yes. not a single Republican will step up and do the right thing I mean Lindsey Graham has got feigning outrage down to a wonderful Southern gentleman <laughs> he's got it. It, it I mean it, it, that's what this has turned into is Lindsey Graham just like. Losing his mind, which makes me wonder, what is it they have on Lindsey Graham? How unbelievably awful must whatever it be be for this guy to, like, sell his soul? Because well, you could make the argument about Ted Cruz or anybody else kind of falling in line, Mitt Romney, but... It's a Senate vote in an extremely red part of the country coming up in a year. Yeah, And, and so Trump and Putin are going to what? Like run the world together by not getting involved. No, Putin's going to run the world. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that's going to work. I wasn't against him meeting with Kim Jong-un. I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I still don't think it's a bad thing to meet with Kim Jong-un, but don't call it a, a, a success, and let's call it what it is. You didn't get anything out of it, and you, you elevated his status and helped legitimize him. I'm also, I don't need the whole ceremony. We're just going to meet meet with these people. We don't need to... Trump's no, going to throw do a, a party. ceremony, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, he, yeah, and then I'll have delicious chocolate cake. I know that was uh, Abe from Japan, but well, it's McDonald's from now on. I think that's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> only for football teams. So, Pre- President Trump was willing to speak to Vladimir Putin about Bob Mueller. Wouldn't speak to Bob Mueller about Putin. Just from an optics standpoint, you gotta ask questions. From an optics standpoint, Eric, right? That that doesn't look good for the president. Like very good at all. So, and here's the other big problem. By the time you see the unredacted version of this stupid report, these guys are on a campaign trail right now to just mislead you on what it says to literally dictate what you read before you read it, and then they're going to convince you that what it says isn't what you're reading. That's I, I'm obviously that's the game plan right now. Yeah, sure, because it's been effective. Scorch Earth policy. It's been fantastic. Right. It, it it says the president. It's total exoneration. Don't trust the words you see on a page. Trust what yeah. I'm telling you about Listen the to words what we keep around the page. Sure, it'll be so ingrained, especially right. in the right wing media, that whatever it really says isn't going to matter. The more you hear it, the more you're going to believe it. So we're just going to keep saying it, unless it's said by Sean Hannity. <laughs> And the odds of that are that's, very... That's something you can trust. Very low. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a weird thing that, that the president would stay on the on the Putin bandwagon at this point. After all this, I, I don't... I just don't get it. Because it, it hasn't worked. Like, it... But why share it? Why share it when... when I, I, I have to assume that there's some Trump supporters that are like, I'm not really in love with the connection to russia i don't like it he's rubbing your face in it right Right. that doesn't feel good that doesn't go over well generally speaking so why do it and why go public with it because he doesn't care he he doesn't care what are you gonna do he doesn't do anything that you would expect normal people to do there was already an investigation they said no collusion and he said there was no obstruction so you're good check and check he needs one arm up one guy told him he didn't do anything he's he's like okay i got it he's burying it now, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that the Attorney General of the United States of America was not telling the truth to the Congress of the United States. That's a crime. He lied to Congress. He lied to Congress. If, and if anybody else did that, it would be considered a crime. Uh, nobody is above the law, not the President of the United States and not the Attorney General. Here's the thing. We know William Barr, and we mentioned it in the open here, is is at this point working on behalf of the President of the United States. It's not how it's supposed to work. The Attorney General is not like the de facto representative of the President. So It, it kind of has been what that position has been, though, over the last 
20, 30, not, you know, not and the it's job lo- but description. At, and it's at every administration's low point. That's ultimately what it's become. Well, the attorney general protects the president. Right. No, and he doesn't. Stop saying that. That's what that's what effectively what he's doing. The attorney general upholds the Constitution. Of which the president is entirely above. Therefore, he protects the president. Yeah! <laughs> he's like, well, this could be an issue. I got you, sir. I, I suppose. Right this way. I suppose that's the problem. So uh, I don't know if anybody saw Maisie Hirono, the wonderful senator from Hawaii, who absolutely annihilated uh, and embarrassed William Barr. Uh, and I think her testimony embarrassed is tough, though, because was he embarrassed? <laughs> no, but I think if you're a Republican, you were embarrassed for him. You would think I you, was you embarrassed so. for him. I, I was like, I'm embarrassed I, that we're at this state in, in our in our commentary. that This is what it's come down to. Lindsey Graham says you come to the wrong town. This man, you've slandered him every which oh, way. Man. What a I'm charade. Outraged. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's what Point you need. That you know when when Lindsey Graham's upset, you know you're telling the truth. That's <laughs> what that's what I've noticed. This is all turned into now, and it's frustrating. I know I mock Lindsey Graham, but I do it uh, with, with affection because this was a I guy I always liked and respected until about like three years ago. <laughs> Don't forget when this guy dropped out of the 2016 primary, which he was running against Trump, he said, I'm losing to that guy. I mean, he questioned everybody in the Republican Party sensibilities. He talked about how unstable Donald Trump is. He knows that better than anybody. But bottom line, mm. he's a politician. Yep. And he can read a poll. And right now he's Team Trump. What do you think are the odds that Bob Mueller testifies in Congress slash and or the Senate and or that it's an open session live on TV? They're a lot better that he testifies in the House. I don't think he's going to testify in the Senate, and it certainly isn't going to be put up there. I mean, it'll be spun. It'll be, oh, these Democrats are crazy. Look at what they're asking Mueller. If there was something in the Mueller report... It would have been in the report. It would have come out because it, it would have come out. Well, his best argument is still going to be that he just he played the rules he was supposed to play. Because that seems to be what he's doing now is I put in the report what I saw. I'm giving it to you guys to do with it after. So for people to be upset at Barr for not knowing the details of the report, it's not a good look. But Barr is coming at it saying, I am giving you what the report says, not everything that's in the report. Here's the conclusion of the report. It's frustrating. The only problem. It's very frustrating, but the that's problem where he's coming from. is twofold. Number one, again, it's the conclusion he went into assuming it was going to be, which, which makes people feel like you didn't really read it or give it any merit. Sure. Absolutely. Which is not good. The second being the guy who wrote it said that what you're saying about it is not accurate. It's, it's it's misleading. And he's your friend. Yeah. Right. So there's there's something. And, and, but and why Barr lie is about saying, it? I can say whatever I want about it and show you whatever version of it that I want because I'm the attorney general and the president <laughs> is above all of this. And uh, that's what our decision is. This is the power I have and I'm going to use and it. And that's a really crappy, crappy position to put the American public in. <laughs> but that's where now, we are. Listen, this may be true, but I, and I will say this, if you are politically leaning to the right, there's going to be a Democratic president in the future. And just think of the precedent you're setting right now for when everyone's required to do yoga as oh. part of the national <laughs> health care system. You're going to hate every minute of it. The horror. It's going to be Bikram. It's going to be the hot yoga. You're Ooh, not going to like yoga. it. Ooh, that's, you're not going to like it. I'm literally shaking. There will be boots. a Democratic president, and just think about how that's going to go. So well, but you're, make your bed. You're going to lie in it. Is, I that's guess. nice, Joe. You think the same rules apply to Democrats and Republicans. That's nice. Put it in a context is all I'm saying. Oh, that's nice. You know, you, you'll be okay with the power grab now. You won't be when the, when the table's turned. Then the Democrats turn. will really have them when a Democratic president's in office. Now, possibly the biggest loser to come out of the Mueller report would be a deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, who submitted his resignation after a two-year run pretty much defined by his appointment of special counsel Bob Mueller. You think he's, in, he's enjoying watching the bar? So he's just like, it's nice to be out of that seat. 
I've this has been like the slowest torture. This is like Sansa Stark being held <laughs> by Ramsay Bolton. It's, That's not really a spoiler because if you haven't caught up to three if seasons you, ago, yeah, if you're not into that you. season, you're not watching the right, show. Right. His last day is May eleventh. Trump wanted to fire then FBI director James Comey for anybody who doesn't remember. Obviously, the guy overseeing the Russia probe. And Rosenstein wrote the memo that the White House used in justifying that firing. Eight days later, though, Rosenstein took a step that Trump thought could possibly end his presidency when he appointed Bob Mueller as the special counsel. Uh, the move really made Rosenstein the frequent target of, of Republicans and especially angry Trump tweets. But in the end, he was largely in Trump's corner because he's a Republican. And he showed himself. Just like Bob Mueller and just like all of them, they always come around right. to support the party. Yeah, it's Trump, always going to be party over country. Trump still tweets about these angry Democrats and the illegal FISA warrants and the investigation and just angry Democrats. It turns out it was, it was fine. Do you think that, that Donald Trump is a real Republican? He's taking advantage of the fact that he knows how loyal Republicans are. Absolutely, and he knows how to play them. He's got a great fan base from the Celebrity Apprentice and just for crushing it at life as like a celebrity debutante. But he's delivering on largely Republican talking points when he has a record now that has delivered. You look at the justices he's putting in. If if Republicans have their issues with Donald Trump, fine. I understand it. I have my issues with Donald Trump. But he's putting in uh, pro-life justices and, and loves to tell you that. He's uh, tax-cutting the rich. Loves to tell you that. Doesn't work, but he loves to tell you it does. <laughs> he's checking off boxes for Republican voters. Yes. Right. He knows how to cater to the base. Sure. I think if the Democrats needed him, he would have done the same thing for them if it was the yeah, right As long as he could put it's... Trump's name on it and make right. a whole bunch of money uh, doing whatever that works, and then, then he's fine. The nicknames probably wouldn't have been as cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, three days after he addressed the National Rifle Association convention, President Donald Trump told the NRA to straighten out in the week of a leadership crisis and a high-profile investigation into their finances. The NRA convention kind of spiraled. Uh, Oliver North announced that he would not be seeking a second term. He expressed concern about how the organization was spending its money. Wayne LaPierre, who's been running the show for a very long time, accused Oliver North of trying to force him out of the organization. Hours after Trump's tweet on Monday, the NRA board of directors reelected LaPierre as the organization's executive vice president and CEO. So for those of you who are big fans of Wayne LaPierre, he ain't going anywhere. Is that a big room or is it just only <laughs> gun manufacturing? You're gonna have to come you're gonna have to take the what gun does, out of his cold dead hand. What does a Wayne LaPierre fan club look like? What kind of event is that? Can I tell you something about Wayne LaPierre? Please do. He once came up with a great idea. Okay. For universal background checks and to close the gun show straw man loophole. He did that? Yeah. Okay, what happened? In 1999. Oh, okay. That was he a long time ago. announced that. In as, Trump years. That's, that's, that's like 185 that's, years ago. In 2012, when President Obama took him up on that, Wayne LaPierre said absolutely, positively, no. Okay. It's a horrible idea. So his, his opinions had evolved? Yes. It was like yes. Mitt Romney running against Obamacare, yeah. which was built on the basis of... Romney care. Yeah. You know, you're not going to win when you're running against your idea that you created. And Unless you, you're Wayne LaPierre. Yes. Because apparently that works. He's bulletproof. <laughs> I mean, the, this, the idea that the president of the United States is like publicly tweeting for the NRA to get its act together should be concerning. But again... He's pandering as hard right as you can get. Right. Mm -hmm. It's probably a genuine. Great play. Oh, I, I hope that they can figure it out. What a great organization. They've really had the rights of the people always in mind this whole time. Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters. Okay. It's like incredible. He <laughs> says all the right things to <laughs> all the right people. No one ever. <laughs> yes. Clevercrestmedia.com. Backslash Divided We Stand. Make sure you check out the website. You can also follow us on Facebook, Divided We Stand, and tweet at us at DWS News Podcast. 
We thank you so much for listening to today's show. We're going to get a look at local Connecticut news coming up right after this fine programming. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Yankee State. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. your mind and I just don't think you quite understand how baseball works. Governor Ned Lamont and legislative Democrats find themselves at odds on how to tax the state's wealthiest residents as the controversial capital gains tax appears to be alive and well. Now a set of budget proposals that were approved by the Finance Revenue and Bonding Committees included a new surcharge on capital gains and move to increase taxes that Lamont has adamantly stated he is against. I've talked about this before. I'm glad they're making the move. The legislature's plan would oppose a 2% surcharge on investment income beginning in the year 2020. Now, listen up. It's for single filers okay. who are making more than $500,000 a year. I'm good. Or couples yeah. making a million. It's like 14,000 taxpayers uh, and would raise $262 million in revenue. Opponents are concerned that the tax could drive wealthy residents from the state and discourage investment in real estate, which would fall under the tax. Is that to be used to build more busways? I respectfully disagree. We lost 1,200 people, according to the latest census from the state of Connecticut. And the people who left here are not wealthy. It was low- and middle-income people, and they were going to places down south where it's more affordable and there's less taxes so you're saying the tax hit as far as from a revenue standpoint wasn't wasn't yes listen if you live in greenwich you're not you're gonna what move your mansion or you're gonna move into what some starter home down in alabama no you're not no you don't care they're not leaving they don't want to pay more in taxes i get it they're like why should we Uh, because you can greater good that's why I don't think it's unreasonable. It's not like it's a ton of money, and it's not really putting anybody out. And again, it's for the greater good. The state needs to make money. Let them make the money they need to figure this whole disastrous budget crisis out. Let's get it straight. And then, look, there'll be another Republican governor somewhere down the line. He'll cut your taxes. That's how it works. Stop. You need some Lindsey Graham outrage on this one? No, you don't. (laughs) A Democrat comes in, he's going to raise the taxes. But now the problem is, and this is where Democrats are screwing it up as usual, you've brought in a billionaire Democrat. And he is not going to the Yacht Club. Right. If he's raising taxes on everybody, he's not doing it. No. Fine. If you're raising taxes, the state... It's just going to throw your tax revenue money away on something else. Well, yes. Now, listen, and we've talked to people on both sides of the political aisle from Hartford, and and it's not a revenue problem. It's a spending problem. But additional revenue right now can't hurt is, is the point for right now. The other thing is, is on the right, your argument against is poor right now because these are not the people that are leaving Connecticut. Stop saying that. I, it's I not true. I don't have a problem with increasing taxes on on wealthy people if you're making over five hundred thousand dollars you're, you're still gonna do just fine you're still doing gonna do just fine but <laughs> if you knew where that money was gonna go i think that's that's well, where the frustration be, there comes needs from. to right. be better accountability on the part of democrats obviously here in connecticut obviously nationally you know it's it's nice you want to take care of people and 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 level the playing field i think that's a good thing to, to educate and make society better, it's to everybody's benefit. It, it's a good thing. I know, Eric, I know you even agree with that. No, you know, again, it's like I, I have to pay taxes. It could go to war or it could go to education. Treat what you think you're going to pay in taxes. Think about it as a, as a resource you're putting towards what you're going to get and not just they're taking it from you. I mean, there are things that you agree to to pay in taxes anyway. So, yeah, well, like but like we said. I want my streets plowed. Right. I don't want the schools to be terrible. I mean, there's it helps neighborhoods. It helps communities when your infrastructure is sound. Now, again, everyone is going to argue that spending's a problem here in Connecticut, but the Appropriations Committee released its fu- uh, state funding recommendations, which showed a $544 million growth in fringe benefit costs for Connecticut state employees between 2019 and 2021. 
I mean, so that's that, 544 that's million. Not, I mean, so if these people either have an accounting problem where they don't understand or like just for inflation or I mean, are we are we estimating down? Are we rounding down? Uh, this seems to be a problem over and over again with Connecticut where they undervalue things and then like the cost just keeps going up and up and up and we have no idea what it's going to or or how to stop it or we're already locked into this stuff. So the committee's budget recommendations kind of fell in line with Governor Lamont's budget and they reflect the growing cost of Connecticut State Employee Retirement System which requires an additional 200 million over the next 2 years to make up for the state's unfunding the pension liabilities. So this is again this has been a problem that's been building for for many years it goes all the way back to the to the Roland era. So when the Republicans were were running things is when this really started. Healthcare costs for current state employees is budgeted to increase by 64 million. Costs for a retired employees set to go up 100 and almost 160 million by 2021. The growth in fringe benefits costs coupled with increasing employee salaries negotiated in the 2017 CBAC agreement and Connecticut's constrained budget means more of the costs are falling directly on students and potentially on commuters, assuming tolls are enacted and finally approved. Lamont proposed an expansion of the state sales tax to more products and services as well as enacting tolls maintaining a corporate surcharge and taxing hospitals to fill Connecticut's budget deficit. So he wants to dump it on everybody else. Well, or we could just uh, double up the tax we were going to put on the rich people making over $500,000, double up on that, and then you pay for a state employee benefit. And the funny part is, is you know, uh, there's a study out. People who, who use the train system, on average, make about $200,000 a year. Okay, because they're commuting to New York City. Correct. Yeah. The investment bankers. And so, you know, Joe Schmo, middle average Connecticut, you're paying your taxes so this guy, investment banker guy, could go to New York making 250 k and you're the one paying to make sure the trains are running. That There's there's something wrong here. I mean, when you put it that way, it's it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. It's, you have to put it that way to make it interesting, That's I right. suppose. <laughs> you know, you just might make it in this business, Joe. You know, well, look, I mean, listen. <laughs> you make you a know, compelling argument. Democrat, Republican, you know, it, I, I don't think it matters. Ultimately, it's there's there's rich people who can afford to pay a little bit more. I, I don't see there being a problem with that. Again, there's going to be Republican administrations that are going to cut their taxes. We've got to look at There's going to be ends, Democrats though. who are going to raise them. We've got a budget problem. You guys can kind of fix it. Do you need medals? Should we hand out thank you cards to all these fine folks? If that's what it takes, then let's do it. Maybe under a Democrat, they might think that's a great program. Because again, <laughs> some more money handing out medals to people again, about what a great job is reducing, reducing spending. Why don't wealthy people want to pay more into the system? Because they think it's going to lazy people. That's what they think. Right. That's what they're told. That's what they're yeah, exactly. And and that's that's simply the message. And you know, I remember uh, in in 2016 when Paul Ryan went on his apology tour, and he talked about that, about how he assumed that welfare recipients were you know people down in the ghetto just taking advantage of the system. And he started meeting people, and he met moms who were working hard, working two jobs with kids. And he was like, "Oh, I get it now." I think once you get it, if you see it and you're getting the right messaging and you understand who's benefiting from this, you're you're making a difference in people's lives. That's that's its own reward. That may not sell it for anybody. No, but, you know, I, I, I'm grasping. I don't disagree with anything that you just said. I I don't, and and I I understand the need for taxes, and I understand the need for public services. I I understand this. It's just. The state of Connecticut is locked into just so many horrible deals that there's there's not a lot they can do. You can renegotiate, but you're just in such a horrible spot that you can raise money, but it's still just a drop in the bucket. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Maybe a, a, a drop in the bowl might be a more appropriate term. So oh. the final piece oh, of marijuana legislation <laughs> has passed a key legislative committee along with two alternative uh, toll proposals, legalizing recreational cannibal use and implementing electronic tolling on highways were, were priorities of Governor Lamont. The Finance Committee approved a bill setting a $35 per ounce levy on cannabis flowers and $13.50 per ounce on the rest of the plant. 
Ryan, I don't trimmings. really, I don't really know much about marijuana. Maybe you could explain what that means. We'll try and figure it out. <laughs> uh, it's also got a six point three five percent sales tax and three percent local sales tax, which will go to the towns that host dispensaries. And under this agreement offered to the committee, behavioral and mental health programs will come along with it. The committee predicted their final uh, marijuana tax plan would bring in $57.2 million to the state in fiscal 2021. I bet we could top that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you, were out, hard work. if you were out there polling people, yeah. like, they didn't all say they were looking forward to it. There's probably a lot more. You'll be surprised. So one of the arguments, I've heard a lot of arguments against legalizing marijuana is it that the rich are going to flee the state no but they're all they're all like they're all hysterical like yes like like and i'm talking promoting hysteria oh my god the the mental health bills oh you you won't believe it but like what are you talking about oh well well uh you know alcohol is is consumed differently and marijuana is fat soluble so you're going to be high for days and your response time should be like no like that's partially true but it's not like anyone who's smoked marijuana before is not like oh my god you know i couldn't stop couldn't stop in my car seven days after i split like people don't understand what it is and you hear oh well oh well you're gonna now the one i heard recently was oh well you're gonna promote a black market a black market already exists it's a huge yes. black market already <laughs> the, it, it, it's, the whole yourself? thing consists entirely of the black market right now <laughs> another one they're like oh well these edibles it's not like the weed that we used to smoke in the 70s no it's not they're like oh people people are like oh well they don't know how much is going to make them high we're like yeah people will figure out yeah how much makes you high uh, also it's not like what you guys used to use because your stuff was laced with lsd i know you don't <laughs> believe in science largely but science does help when it comes to making more potent I marijuana. I would like to call so out. So I am told. I would like to call out uh, Republican state rep Vincent Candeloria of North Brantford. Love to have you on the show. Uh, who's an opponent of legalized cannabis. He said he was concerned that retail sales for adults could impinge on the state's successful medical marijuana program. He said this program will decimate our medical program. That's an interesting argument. It's weak. I'm not really sure I understand it, but it's a different argument than I've heard from anybody else. Right. So, Mr. Candeloria, I will give you that originality. I, I believe it's pronounced Candelora. Okay, Mr. Candelora, my apologies. Still love to have you on to talk about it. I'm <laughs> I'm curious what, what that would how, – how do you figure that's going to – Diminish the medical marijuana industry. It's interesting. We can't legalize marijuana because it would be bad right. for medical marijuana. <laughs> that's that is. We've come full circle. Yeah, that's a good one. Right. Right. All these people who would hate that uh, you know medical marijuana becomes more accessible. <laughs> you know, if, people who had to struggle to even be able to get to the medical standpoint, would be like, right. oh no, oh, I no. can't do legal recreational marijuana that would be terrible for me what that is nonsense if there's one thing about being a republican i've never liked it's the it's always a we can't do this if we have to do that <laughs> like we could is we there, never is there another example that comes to mind um, there's a million of them to be honest there's a, like again the whole you know hillary clinton being like you know a, a mafia kingpin right but also being a frail old lady with syphilis. Right. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> Welfare the is lazy broken. Immigrants, people, people do nothing, but they're taking all their jobs. Lazy immigrants right. coming here for welfare, but also taking all the jobs. No, it's it it's sense. a one or the other situation. Right. But again, it's like we can't help the refugees because there's, there's veterans on the streets. Smoking all the medical right. marijuana. We can't do two things at once. Can we not have a bill that would take care of both refugees and veterans? That's my brain just exploded. I don't understand. Uh, now, the committee also advanced a bill proposed by Senator uh, John Fonfara to establish and create a 30-year transportation improvement plan and propose the appropriate way to fund it, perhaps tolls or more gas taxes or <laughs> good. bonding. Uh, the legislation could be a third way on tolls. Lamont's pushing strongly for passage in 2019, but all the Republicans are firmly against it. Some Democrats are against it as well. Others are on the fence. Meanwhile, a Republican-backed plan to use bonding to pay for the transportation pretty much has no chances. Democrats are opposed to bonding is basically just borrowing. Right. It's kicking the can 
down to you know inflation and higher rates and higher prices it's not it's that's we're, not we're a, investing in our infrastructure <laughs> to boost the rest of our economy that will then pay for us investing in our infrastructure no eric uh, you're the massachusetts guy you've uh-huh. got tolls and legal weed i mean what's what's the status is the whole place on fire or what yeah, oh, you think... come down here and work in connecticut right, what's I going know. on no i think we just <laughs> are you sending the money back home that's all I <laughs> yes 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 no i think you know all these things people like to complain about them as they're coming down the road but if they happen you just kind of adapt to it and you just get used to it i don't think anyone's complaining about weed where i come from tolls maybe nobody wants to pay money to drive on the roads right we just not want, when you haven't just... had to spend money to drive well, on the right roads. we just want the roads to fix themselves they'll just magically get paid for People do have an issue when they are giving money that is supposed to go towards fixing the roads, and it winds up fixing uh, fast-track bus lines. I don't think people understand this. We pay for everything. Everything. Right. Right. You pay for the roads. You pay for literally everything they do. The problem is we're buying so many things before we pay for them or before we even think about how we're going to pay for them. But we like to have the selective outrage. And again, you're, you're like, we haven't done it before. But we have. We just haven't been recently. You know what I mean? Like, we've had taxes before. We've had tolls in this state before. It wasn't the end of the world. Is it Lowell Weicker who said, uh, bring on the income tax and all our problems will be solved? And yes. We have the income tax <laughs> and still have problems. Well, right. There's always new Props problems. Props to Lowell Weicker. Know your Connecticut history. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> be the worst Trivial Pursuit game ever. <laughs> so Lowell Weicker, you'd say, wasn't being totally honest when he said that. That's the biggest lie he ever told. <laughs> yeah, right. And of course- Speaking of lies, oh, there's so many. <laughs> According so many. to the Washington Post's fact checker, President Trump has officially hit the dubious milestone of 10,000 false or misleading claims since he started his presidency. It's about 12.2 lies per day. All the people doubted oh. that he'd get there. 10,111 total claims in 828 days. Congratulations to the Washington Post for wasting all of this time <laughs> counting all of his lies. Holy smokes. Who cares? Yeah, I think he said, All he does is lie. I think he said last week, who's the stupid newspaper that keeps tracking this? We, we found it. Yes. <laughs> He's taken 864 breaths today. Oh my what? God. Who cares? <laughs> All he Listen, it would be it would it would make more sense for the Washington Post to just do a whole blurb every day about the eight honest things the guy said. Or just works yeah, work smarter be like, "Oh, he lied again today." Period. Yes. I am done with this. Like I said last week, this this list could have ended at 20. Yeah. <laughs> or hey, he's done it a hundred times. He sucks. What a liar. Anything over twenty is is your desensitized. Yeah, we're done. I mean, ten thousand. I remember when it was one thousand. Like that seems high. I was 10, like, wow. Doesn't seem high. It Did Obama like a thousand times? I don't know. Maybe nobody was keeping track. Yeah. Now we're true. now we're hitting. <laughs> now there's literally there's milestones for him to hit. Yeah. You're you're you're. <laughs> I mean, you're you're almost. This term is unprecedented. You're hurting yourselves here, people. The more you're telling him he's winning at something, right? He's told the most lies <laughs> in history on the record. I'm the best. Yes, he's trying to make this record unbreakable. No one has lied at a greater <laughs> frequency than I have. All the best lying. This is this is not the way to get this president of the United States to stop. By literally running it as a ticker. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like when the numbers go up. He likes when the numbers go up. That's it. Let me tell you about ratings. I, I, They're I, off the charts. Listen, 22% of all of his lies come, not surprisingly, at campaign rallies. Makes sense. Although, yeah. I mean, that still means 78% of the rest of the time he's also lying. Well, but he spends more than 22% of his time, uh, or less than 22% of his time at campaign rallies, so it's a higher rate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the media gets so caught up in, like, the nonsense of it all, and, 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 and that's the part I, I don't like. That's the part that, again, what difference does it make how many times he lies? You know it's a dishonest person. Right, right. You know what I mean? 
It's like if you had a girlfriend and she was, you're like, she slept with 30 guys now behind my back. I mean, at one, it was bad, right? <laughs> I mean, what, you're going to, what are you counting? There's no number here that makes it feel better. Where's the, right, what, what's the magic number where you're like, I'm going to impeach her. She's out. <laughs> just, at what point do you have to take some ownership that maybe, uh, maybe you made a bad decision? At some point. Yeah. Now. There's another pressing story here that is uh, almost beyond stunning, um, and it concerns uh, former chief of staff John Kelly. And this is almost shocking. John Kelly is involved with a group that is determining where these kids being separated by their families are. Oh, that's very convenient. How unbelievable is that? Glad to see that John Kelly has landed on his feet after uh, <laughs> after leaving leaving his position. Uh, and and here is the thing too: it's not like there was some announcement involved. It was uh, it was extremely stealthy. Sure, it was uh, it was one of those things. Right, because you think uh, being one of the main guys responsible for. <laughs> <laughs> separating kids from their families. So John Kelly's out of the board of directors. You know, again, it... it you could see where there would be bad optics if you're the company. I was just going to say that. <laughs> like, it, it, I find it stunning. And and, and I, like, hey, I know I talk about this a lot. Could be a bad week for us. I was a Republican. <laughs> Let's get through it. My entire life. Got a daughter named Reagan and everything, okay? We know this is the guy. <laughs> died, in, died in Red Wool, Okay. It, they're off the rails. They they don't even care what it looks like anymore. There there's there's no ethics. There's no morality for the for the family values party. They're failing on every level. You're the patriotic party with a president who like is sucking up to Russia. Like yeah, I'm all right with that. Michael Cohen showed us evidence of tax fraud that the president of the United States committed. I told you guys this story. A a Republican in Massachusetts who I spoke to told me he didn't care. <laughs> really? Really? That's where we're at. Yeah. That's, yes. that's where we're at. You just don't care. And it's not even surprising. <laughs> not even surprising to me to hear that. It it seems to me, you know, Joe Walsh, who who's a conservative commentator and not the musician you know, not the musician i, think I made that joke last time who's too. also <laughs> awesome but joe walsh has totally turned on on president donald trump everybody knows about george conway there yeah. are republicans out there rick wilson who have seen the light and are pointing out to people again you know long term can i see myself being a republican again yeah it would take some fixing they got to fix this party up because they have literally turned into uh, you look at steve mnuchin and uh, uh, Mulvaney, they look like literally if you were casting villains in a presidential <laughs> drama, those would be the guys that you These would select. These are the non-Russians. Yes. Yeah. You, uh, you know, Paul These are Manafort, the conduits to Russia. Paul Manafort should play Paul Manafort in that movie because yep. you couldn't yeah. get somebody who looks more corrupt than that guy. Right, be like, we're just going to use that fur hat that you still have in your Right. <laughs> I mean, he's got a suit made out of an ostrich. Right. Right. <laughs> How much more of a bad guy can you be? I didn't even know you could do that with an ostrich. I don't even understand wear how that it, works. Wear it while uh, hunting in Africa <laughs> in your poaching photo. I, I, I just, it, they are. Worst Hardy Boys villain ever. They are so anti-everybody. And they talk about the veterans, not the gay ones or the transies, though. Yuck, right? I, I mean, come on. What are you? What are you? Look at Peter, Peter Buttigieg, the mayor there. How are they gonna? How are they gonna react to that guy? They don't have to. He's a great American. He served his country. He also likes men. Is that okay? It's 2019. Is that okay? Why can't that be okay? I think it I think it can be okay. I think he's proving it. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see what that looks like. He's an interesting candidate. I like a lot of what he has to say. I really do. If the Republicans dare go after him, they need to be very careful. Do like, they? Like what we talked about Trump giving him the nickname. Sure, that he'll it's, have to be very careful with the nickname. 
Does it really matter at the end of the day? Because who's going to be upset about it? Rachel Maddow? Well, yeah, well, no, that's, I, a, that's a good point. I mean, the, the people who Mother are upset Jones are already fired up about whatever. Trump is HuffPost going to have a big headline about it? I mean, yes. my biggest problem with him, I watched him in an interview the other day, and I thought, I feel like this guy's just a tiny bit delusional. Like, somebody was like, Pete, you're so smart, dude. You should be the president. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I think there's a handful of those guys in this group. Slow down. I, I, listen, my my biggest argument as a Republican as to why I wouldn't support Donald Trump was that he did not have experience. I'm sorry, small town Indiana mayor. But you obviously would want to run the country like a business, in which case Trump has tremendous mm, business experience. Yeah, sure that. I, I agree. I'm a Buttigieg fan. I agree that knocking down vacant homes in South Bend is several levels several levels to go up to then running the free world i i I get that i think he is smart and i think uh he's he's got a lot of interesting ideas and maybe if he's running as a vp candidate it's interesting sure ask sarah palin how well that went he's not she's he's not sarah palin Oh, she was the governor of Alaska for two years. I said he's Before smart. that, what did yes. she do? I, I she was the smart. mayor of like little I was town. For that one to come up. She was the mayor the of a town in Alaska. Blah 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 blah. He can this see guy, Canada from his backyard. At, Therefore, he's. He, he I'm will, already ready for him to talk about public uh, foreign policy. I want to see him <laughs> and Beto run together, and I want to see Donald Trump win an easy double-digit re-election. He and Beto are not going to run no, together. They're not going to get close either. That, that was a joke. I hope so. I also so. don't want to see Trump Sorry, get reelected. I'm, I'm, I'm triggered over here. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag triggered. Is there a safe space? Clovercrestmedia.com backslash divided we stand. Make sure you reach out to us on the Facebook. We're always up on there. Posting lots of articles, getting the debate going all week long. So uh, if you got something to say about this show, you want to disagree with everything Brian said, you know, you probably got <laughs> a lot of strong it. points. Divided <laughs> uh, we stand is the Facebook page. You can also tweet at us. DWS News Podcast. That's where we are on the Twitter. Again, love to hear from you. That does it for this week. For Brian Forster, Eric Farron, I am Joe McGuire. Thanks for listening to Divided We Stand.